Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. If we could stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together if you're happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Let's give the Lord some praise. He woke us up to see another day. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Woke us up. We got a praise in our hearts. Let's bless him. Hallelujah. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of His Spirit. Oh, I'm washed in His blood. So that I can't stop singing. Did he heal you? Yes. Did he free you? Yes. Did he save your soul? Yes. Did he make you whole? 
Worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're going to get right into our prayer this morning. I ask you, our online congregation, if you have a special request this morning, please feel free to send it to the other media. Amen. We'll touch and agree this morning. If there's anyone in here this morning that wants us to pray with you this morning, we're going to ask you to raise your hands this morning as we pray and ask the Lord's will to be done this morning. Amen. Don't forget to keep Brother Bradley in your prayers. You pray today. Amen. He's out traveling this week, so keep him on your prayers. And for those that are traveling, let's go to the Lord as we pray this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord God, one more time to be in your presence to worship you, Lord God. You have truly brought us out, Lord God. You are great and greatly to be praised. Lord God, we are here to worship you, for there is none like you. There is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. You are the one that we adore. You are the one that we praise. We call upon your name this morning because your name is great and greatly to be praised. We ask you, Lord God, that you will touch every person that raised their hands this morning, Lord God. That whatever their needs are this morning, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll meet their needs this morning. Oh God, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotionally, or financially. Oh God, make ways when there seems to be no way, Lord God. For our online congregation this morning, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch them this morning. Whatever their needs are this morning. Oh God, that you'll meet their needs also, Lord God. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, or financially, Lord God. Touch those that are traveling this morning. Touch our dear brother Bradley as he's traveling, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you bring him back home safely. I pray and ask you to bless every person in this place, oh God. Keep us and guide us, oh God. We ask that your will will be done, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you move upon us like never before. As we give you all the glory and as we give you honor. Great is your name and greatly to be praised. Oh God, you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised. Oh God, there is none like you. There is none to compare. You are the one that is and that is to come. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Just continue to worship the Lord with us this morning. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. 
this will be my posture, laying at your feet, oh, just to dwell, dwell here forever. Closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, dearest father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, one thing I desire. Father, closest friend, 
to worship him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's just take a few more seconds and just continue to praise him this morning. Is worthy. Thank you, Lord God, for being so good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Before you seated, amen. I want to just point to your neighbor and say, Good to see you this morning. Amen. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. And can we praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody. 
Hallelujah is indeed worthy to be praised. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Amen. We want to take this time out to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to take this time to welcome everyone in the house of God this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Amen. I pray that whatever you are doing this morning, wherever you are this morning, you're at peace with the Lord. Amen. You just feel free to worship the Lord this morning because He indeed is worthy to be praised. He's the one that woke us up this morning. He's the one that placed us in our right mine is the one that put food on our table he's the one that put shelter over our head he's our provider he's our keeper he promised he will never leave us nor forsake us i love him this morning with all my heart and with all my mind and with all my soul is indeed worthy to be praised this morning we're so honored to have everyone to praise and to magnify the Lord with us. Amen. Truly, oh God, is worthy to be praised. I want to give a, a, a shout out to Dre Andre this morning again. Amen. Andre came with his wife this morning and he wanted to sit back for the second service. Andre, I commend you this morning. Amen. For stay back. You know, there are times in our life when we just need just a little bit more. You know, you don't want to be satisfied with just being satisfied. Amen. The mascal. Amen. The came for the second service they here for the 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 the, 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 the first service they here for the second service sometimes you just need just a little bit more you know some you know i was having dinner yesterday and i told my wife it wasn't you know i just didn't feel full I just need a little bit more. You know, there are times when we need just a little bit more. And nothing wrong when we need a little bit more of God. Because if there's ever a time that we need God, is now. Amen. Knows when our salvation is nearer than when we first believe. So we thank you for being here this morning. Amen. And we want you to just continue to worship the Lord this morning. Because he indeed is worthy to be praised this morning. Amen. Amen. We're still in our reach drive. So if there is someone out there that you want to be a part of our miracle or what God is doing in this hour, you have not yet committed to our reach drive. We're asking you if you want to make a donation. Amen. We just have a short time to go. If you want to be a blessing, we want you to feel free. Whatever the Lord led on your heart. If you want to give us a million dollars, we'll take it. If you want to give us half a million dollars, we'll take it. But whatever the Lord blessed and laid on your heart. The Lord will bless you in return. You give, the Lord will bless you more than you can imagine or think. Amen. Amen. So everyone says it's offering time. Come on, it's offering time. We're going to invite you if you can stand with us this time as we continue to our service and worship this morning. Amen. And that the Lord will have his way this morning. Praise God. If you can stand, we're going to invite you to stand with us as we continue to worship the Lord this morning. Father God, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. You are truly worthy to be praised, O oh God. We thank you for your blessing and for what we have already felt in the service this morning, O oh God. You've truly been so good to us, O oh God. O oh God, you always provide for us. You always make ways when there seems to be no way. And Father God, as we continue to worship you, know we're giving, Lord God. We ask you to bless every giver this morning. Open up doors for those that don't have to give. O oh God, that they too can be, O oh God, a blessing in your kingdom, O oh God. As we're about to receive this morning offering, O oh God, we ask your blessing, O oh God, that your will will be done, O oh God. We ask you, Lord God, that 
that you move upon us like never before, Lord God, as we worship you. Have your way in our midst continually, Lord God. Bless the remaining portion of this service as we continue to give you all the glory and all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we say, bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Let's just continue to worship the Lord this morning in Jesus' name.
this house. Come on, let's thank him for his goodness and his mercy. Jesus, we praise you and honor you. There is none like you, O oh great God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the great I am, Lord. Besides you, there were no Savior, Lord Jesus. We thank you today, Lord. We bless your name, O oh great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. What an awesome God we serve, church. We serve an awesome God, the true and living God. Amen. There is none like Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. We're so thankful. Amen. Of his goodness and his mercy. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to have everybody, amen, with us this morning. Just by way of announcements, um, we have a couple of things I want you to keep in mind. Our picnic, our church picnic is coming up. That will be um, July 30th. Um, We'll be at Veterans Park, and um, we want you to come out. This is our time. the, the, The picnic is more important now than it's ever been. Because we have two services, and everyone doesn't always get a chance to see each other. But we get to the picnic, and we will get to see each other, spend time with one another, have a good time with one another. And on top of it, you know, we'll eat some good food. You know you like to eat good food. And um, poor Isaiah, he missing out on good jerk chicken. The world famous. World famous. Look at my daughter-in-law. My daughter-in-law the other day, I made some. My daughter-in-law ate something, and she said, mm, I think this is your best ever. <laughs> World famous. Sorry, Brother Isaiah. We'll all eat it for you. Cheryl Parker, eat yours. <laughs> well, he can try. He can make some jerk chicken. I mean, if he want to make some, he can make some. I don't want you looking bad out there. You might want to make something different that day, just so nobody just, because your jerk chicken will be on the side. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying I'm world famous. I don't, I don't pretend to make everything good, but I know I make jerk chicken world famous. World famous. Amen. <laughs> but come to the picnic. We're going to have a good time. We'll have games. I mean, we'll have dominoes. We'll have everything you can think of that we'll have. We'll, I don't know some of the games, but just come. Amen. And God will just be with us, and we'll just have such a good time. Trust me, you'll have... The, plenty to eat the entire day. Games will go on the entire day. And so come out. We'll be there um, noon. We start at noon and we'll go till four. Um, I mean, if we stretch fast four, we stretch fast four. But that's kind of the time there. Just come and have a good time with us. Amen. Um, My wife is collecting um, (laughs) non-perishables. Non-perishables. So if you'd like to donate any non-perishable items, Um, Please see her. Um, We got to get everything together and be ready for July 30th. And um, she will also begin to let us know when we can start to bring in perishable items. Amen. And so um, see her. And um, and um, I don't know if she has anybody else working with her, but see her on that. Also, we have a community outreach, a cleanup of a community. Amen. So outreach can look like. A lot of different things. And sometimes we go and knock on people's door and tell them about the gospel. Sometimes we're just out in the community just 
um, when we used to do Heritage Day, we will serve food and talk to people. Just whatever it looked like. We just want to reach people. And in whatever way we can reach people, that's how we're going to reach them. And so in this particular case, we're going to be doing a community cleanup. And so we will be out in the city doing some cleanup and, um, you know, just being a blessing to our community and just, you know, being there for people. Who knows what will happen while we're doing the cleanup. But um, if you'd like to be a part of that, we will meet here at 9.30 a.m. this Saturday, July 16th. And um, we will pray, fellowship, and um, kind of collaborate together. And then we'll go out to the community and begin to clean up. And um, if you would like to be a part, you can meet us here. We'd love to have you. Um, we're also taking donation for that. Um, um, Heavy-duty trash bags, if you have and you would like to bring them. Um, work gloves, um, rakes, paper towels, water, um, wipes, masks. Uh, if you can donate any of those things. Um, Brother Isaiah have on here, he says, um, weed whacker. I don't know if anybody has any weed whacker to donate. <laughs> I saw that in my mind. I'm like, Brother Isaiah? <laughs> ah, okay. We'll borrow your weed whacker if you have one. Okay. All right. That sounds good. I might have one, too. I don't know if it still works. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing, Sister Gabby? Yeah? Okay. Well, I'm going to try it to make sure it worked before I give it to them. I wouldn't give it to them if it doesn't work, so I'm going to test it out. And if it worked, then they get it. All right? My goodness, young people. <laughs> Hallelujah. So come out Saturday morning at 930 and join our outreach team. We will love to have you. Amen. We have some guests with us this morning. Danielle Richardson. Danielle is right. I saw you come in, Danielle. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning, Danielle. We're so glad to have you. We're so glad to have you. And Kona, I didn't, I didn't recognize you right away. And then when I looked at this, they, oh, that's Kona. Kona, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten you. I know Kona. Kona Hall, um, and he's here with his girls, and we welcome them, amen, to Christ Center Church. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He came in. He did one of my numbers to me. Nobody do me to me, but he did it to me. What's my number? I'll walk to any place where I don't know anybody, and I'll walk upon them like I knew them. I'll walk upon you, Izzy, you don't know me. I'm like, hey, man, how are you? I'm Wayne, and, and I'm talking to you like I know you. Kona did that to me this morning. He saw me like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm supposed to know him. I guess. He, he, did the, he did the Wayne on Wayne. <laughs> Brother Kona, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. And for all of you that are here this morning, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're grateful that you're here. More importantly, the Lord uh, brought you here, and he um, is especially um, glad that you are here. Amen. Well, we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. If you will stand with me and turn your Bible to Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1, we'll read verse 13 and 14, then we'll go to Galatians chapter 5. Verse number one. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles, some do. In the other service, it didn't look like anybody had their Bible. I said, turn to Exodus chapter one. And they were like, we're there. And they were looking on the screen. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know, in this day and age, it's we have so many options that whatever option you choose, you can look at your smart device 
You can look in your Bible, Bible, you know, like, you know, Bible, you know, in case, you know, pretty soon, you know, children are going to come along and don't know what Bible looks like. But anyway, Bible, Bible, or you can look at the overhead, whichever way you choose to get the word of God this morning. It's all good as long as you are getting the word of God. Exodus chapter one, verse number 13 says, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. That word rigor might not be familiar with you, but that word means ruthlessness. So when you see that word in the Bible, because that's probably the only place you'll see that word. Uh, it means ruthlessness or cruelty or with no mercy. Amen. Let's jump down to Galatians or move forward to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. A couple of things going on here. It says that Christ had made us free, but before Christ had to make us free, we were entangled with the yoke of bondage. So if Christ had not made us free, the Bible says we are entangled with the yoke of of bondage. If Christ has not made us free, we are entangled with the yoke of bondage. It goes even deeper than that, that Christ has made some of us free and we were free for a little bit. And then we again got entangled with the yoke of bondage, which means we need to be free again by the Lord Jesus Christ. He has been doing this work for a long time, so he's an expert. He's a professional at making people free. We read earlier in Exodus chapter 1, verse number 13 and 14, and those scriptures allow us to understand that the Israelites were bound in slavery by the Egyptians, and the Egyptians had them to serve them with rigor, with cruelty, with no mercy, with what ruthlessness. And so God had to come down and deliver Israel out of bondage. So if we are not being made free by Christ, if, if God hadn't made us free, we are entangled with bondage. And there is just that's just the way it is. One of the things that will help us, what they always say, if you're ever going to be delivered or be set free from anything, you have to admit that that thing has you. If you never can admit that something has you in bondage, then you can never be free from it. Because you will never ask for deliverance. You will never go. And even if you ask, you ask half-heartedly, and God don't respond to half-heartedly, prayers. God says the effectual fervent prayer. So half-hearted prayers don't get answered. So we must come to the place of asking ourselves, am I in bondage or am I free? And if you can say that you're in bondage, 
then you need to be upfront about it. Because God is so good and he's such, he is the expert at delivering. And so he doesn't want you to stay in bondage forever. He wants to deliver you. But you first must admit to where you are. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for bringing us together. And more importantly, we thank you for the work that you've already started and the work that you will complete in this service. We're here today, Lord God, to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, to help us, Lord, to redeem us, Lord, to deliver us, Lord, to save us, Lord, to restore us, Lord, to heal us, Lord, to strengthen us, Lord. Oh, to help us, oh God. We're here because we need you. We will praise you, oh God. We will bless your name, oh God. And we open our heart today to your word. We open our heart today, Lord God, to the word to take root into our heart. Lord, will you to break the invisible chains and loose us, Lord God, from the bonds of sin and from bondage. Help us today, Lord. Anoint me, Lord, to minister, Lord God, with the grace of God and with the anointing of the Lord. We ask you these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Can the church say amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's thank him today. Don't just clap your hands. Clap your hands and thank him. Clap your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. Clap your hands and say, oh, bless the Lord. Clap your hands and open up your mouth and let the Lord know what you think. I made a decision. You may be seated. I made a decision a long time ago. I'm a big sports guy. Not never going to hide that big sports guy. I love sports and I'm into sports. I listen to sports. I watch sports, big sports guy. And I know that when people go to a sporting event and go to a game, they don't just clap for their team. They lose their minds. They open their mouth. You know, you know right away which team they're rooting for. You're not guessing. I've been to a sporting event. <laughs> this is funny. Um, I got a Yankee fan living in my house, and we went to a Yankee game at Fenway. And the Yankee fan was sitting next to me, and Boston Red Sox was just beating up on the Yankee. They were just sh- they were just killing Garrett Cole. And the Yankee fan sat there with his hand between his legs and come on now, come on now. You knew who he was rooting for because he was sitting down while the whole stand was up like yeah. When we go to games, we open up our mouth and we cheer for our team. And there is no discrepancy. There is no, uh, um, you know, people know who you're rooting for. They're, they, they, they know it because of your actions. Well, I've made up in my mind that as a Christian, you're going to know who I'm praising. I don't want anybody to come in and think that, oh, he's just happy, so he's clapping. He's just happy because some good things have come his way. No, you're going to know that I'm excited and I'm happy and I'm praising Jesus Christ because of it. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Let the devil know it's Jesus that you're praising. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I give you honor. It's about Jesus. As a matter of fact, why wouldn't you want to say something about that? Because the Bible says 
demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Every opportunity you get to invoke the name of Jesus in an endearing way, in a loving way, in a kind way, in a desperate way, you need to go ahead and do it because not only that you are being empowered when you do it, but demons are trembling because you're saying, Jesus, oh, Jesus, I praise you. Hallelujah. I want to share the word of the Lord today with you on this topic. Take your stand for freedom. Take your stand for freedom. Take your stand for freedom. Most people believe freedom is to do whatever you want to do. When you think of freedom, when you consider freedom, most times when we are considering freedom, we're saying, yep, I'm free to do whatever I want. Young people and children grow up and they can't wait to leave home. Why? Because I can do whatever I want. So we like to base freedom on I can do whatever I want. Others believe freedom is to be free from physical restraints, from political oppression, from spiritual oppression. They believe that as long as I'm not being oppressed, Physically, politically, or spiritually, I'm free. (coughs) What do you say today freedom is? For all of us here today, what does freedom mean to us? What are you striving for? Because if we will be honest, we're striving to be free to do what we like to do. I see this so much. I'm not going down this road, but I just want to mention it. And I'm probably going to mention it in code talk. Who needs to know will know. There are people that get saved. And they learn certain things of how they need to live as Christians. And later on down the road, they have decided that that's not necessary to do anymore. That's another way of saying, let me be free to do what I want to do. And the other thing I want to say is this. Because the generation before me and even the generation before that generation, because they weren't able to articulate the way some of you want them to articulate it doesn't mean what they were telling you you need to do was wrong. Y'all don't want to mess with me this morning. So many of us have decided, ain't that ain't necessary no more. Why? Because the generation that communicated it to you, they might not have gotten to the details, made it clear. They just told you. Because remember, there's some generation, they don't have time. I was telling somebody about my father-in-law last night. I was telling them when, when, when my son and my daughter-in-law got married, and 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 I told him they were getting married. He said three things. I got to say it in Jamaican. So if you miss it, I'm sorry. He said he said three words. Imkyalus. That ain't no explanation. And if you don't know what he's saying, that went over your head like, what are you talking about? But what he was saying was, you marry your children's mother. 
and you keep your family together, it's your family. Whatever you invest in that, that's your family. You can't lose. But the here is, I'm articulating that to you, but all my father-in-law said was, and can't lose. Don't hold the generation before me and even before them hostage because they weren't articulate. What they said was very important. And some of the things that they say, you might say that's not important. Well, if it's not important, why stop doing it? If it's, if, if it's not that serious, why stop doing it? And God gave me this revelation to say, we are being a little bit hypocritical because we want to stop doing stuff and act like it was no big deal. Well, let's look at the flip side. If it's no big deal, why even mess with it? If it's not hurting you, why mess with it? And I'm here to tell you, it's because you feel like you want to be free. So I go back to my question. What does freedom really mean to some of you? What does it really mean? Jesus said in John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I can go further with that and tell you, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So guess what? Truth is a person. Truth is not a thing that you tell. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. And Jesus says, when you know me, when you know truth, now you can be set free. Not when you have heard of truth. Not when you have been affiliated with truth. Not when you just just have heard a few truths here and there. No, when you know truth. Knowing, knowing when you know truth, then you will be free. Now, that's what God, the creator of all things, that's what he said freedom really is when he make you free. Not what we think freedom means. We think freedom means a whole lot of things. But Jesus says the only time you're really free is when I make you free. So ask yourself the question right now. Are you free? Are you in bondage? Are you free? Let's look at that word bondage. Bondage, what does it really mean? Bondage means to be enslaved, to serve with cruelty, with no mercy, to be a servant to sin, which is ruthless. Does anyone know what sin is all about? The creator of all things, his name is Jesus. He says this in his word. He says this in James chapter 1, verse number 15. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So it starts out with us want to be free. That's what we think anyway. And you want to be free make you start lusting. And when you start lusting, you eventually will sin. What is sin? To miss the mark, that's fancy. But really, sin is to disobey God, to go against God's word. That's when you're sinning. 
And so we allow our desire to be free in whatever way that is. And we say, I need to be free. I need to be free from this. I need to be free from that. I need to be free from all of this stuff. And because we desire freedom in our own understanding, we begin to lust after something. And when we begin to lust after something, that lust causes us to sin. And when that sin get a hold of you and you don't do something about it, that sin begins to work you over. And when that sin is completely, it's finished with you, you are done through, destroyed, and eternally away from God. That's what sin is after. Bondage. Sin is bondage. Sin is bondage. I make the best the best example I can give you about sin because I can equate it to me. When I was not a Christian, I drank like nobody's business. Drank everything. Some of you, you smoked everything. We knew drinking and smoking was not going to produce anything good later on in our life. We knew that. But we didn't stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I know drinking mess up your liver. I know smoking mess up your lungs. Yeah, but this is just my thing. That's how powerful sin is. You know what it's doing and you're okay with it. That's sin. I'm just giving you the example of drinking and smoking. But it's broader than that. In so many other ways that you look at sin and you know sin is not right. And you know sin is destroying you, but you're going along with it. Bondage. The state of a slave. Bondage. The state of a man in which he is prevented from freely possessing and enjoying his life. Not like you think. A state oppressed to freedom, bondage. You ready for this? Bondage. The fallen condition of man which make him dread God and fear death. There are Christians that fear death. And when you start fearing death as a Christian, there may be some bondage there that you're dealing with and you don't know. Because the Bible says, If while we are here, our desire is to be with Christ. And the Bible tells us that to die is to be in the presence of Christ. You die, you will be even, you will be so much more aware of the presence of God in death than you are living. And so the deal is, if that's true, why would we ever care if we die? So if we care that we die, it means there's some bondage working in our life, and we might not be aware of it. Mm-hmm. 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 People can be held captive in bondage by political, by physical restraints, by superstition, by a worldly mindset, by cherished ideas, passionate desires that are sinful, by fear and by the Mosaic law. People can be held captive in those kind of ways of being. We got to be careful of a worldly mindset. We got to be careful of ideas that we cherish. Oh, no, this is just what I do. 
I know everybody doesn't understand this, but this is just what I do. What difference does it make if everybody understands it or they don't? If it's not God's will, if it's not according to God's word, then it's wrong. You don't want to do it. You don't want to cherish something and make something so important to you that's outside of God's scope. You don't want to allow that to have no stronghold in your life. We have fear. We're fearful. We watch the news so often that we're running around here telling everybody, girl, you better do this. Hey, you better do that. All because the TV tell you something. And that frustrates me as a, as a preacher because I'm like, the word of God is telling us a whole lot good stuff, a whole lot of good stuff, and better than what the news is telling us. And we ain't running around here telling people about what the word of God is saying. But we're running around there telling them what the news people saying. You see what church do? Church just mess up your thinking, don't it? Church just mess with you. I knew I should have never came to no church this morning. Yeah, we, we allow the news people to have more influence in the actions that we do than the word of God. The one that breathed breath into us and made us a living soul. The one that is, the one that is all powerful. We don't listen to him. We listen to the news people more than we listen to him. We make, we make the elections of presidents become more important to us than the word of God. How does that work in our mind, in our heart, and we still okay with that? Bondage, bondage, bondage. And we don't realize it. Because as long as you can do whatever you want, that's freedom to you. But you don't even realize that's bondage to the Lord. We can be free from restraints and unmerciful laws, but still not be free. Courageous men and women have fought and have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. But even with the freedom, we have many, many people still in bondage. No one not even self, can provide us with the freedom of the soul. Who you are is not what you see every day. It's not what you dress every day. Who you are is called a soul. The Bible says, and the Lord breathed into man's nostril after he formed him into a physical, um, I guess you can call it skeleton, after he formed him into this, this stature that we are, and he breathed, and man became a living soul. So you and I, we are a living soul, not this physical, strong, or weak vessel that we are. We are a soul. Who we are, how we think, our emotions, it's our soul. That's what you need to protect against. That's what's important. Not the out of appearance, but the soul. Don't get me wrong, when you take care of the soul, it will manifest on the outside, but you got to cater to the soul first. That's what's important. We can't make ourselves free. We can't do anything about it. People even promise us, oh, I can, I can help you with that. Counselors and psychiatrists, 
psychologists. I'm not telling you not to use them. I'm sure they can help in some way. But to make your soul free, they can't make your soul free. Second Peter 2 and 19 says this. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome of the same. He is brought in bondage. Your psychiatrist, your psychologist, and all your therapists, guess what? They can give you good advice, but they themselves could be in bondage while they're giving you those advice. Again, I'm not telling you not to use them. I'm just letting you see that nobody can deliver us from the bondage that we are in. Nobody can, can, can loose us and set us free from the bondage. Only Jesus! Only Jesus can provide us with true freedom. The United States is known as the land of the free, but many are still in bondage because they have not turned to Jesus and surrendered their life to him. The Bible says in John 8, 36, if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. There's many of us that are functioning, moving around, Looking like we're free, but we're in bondage. You know what the good news is? That's why you're here this morning. God loves you, and he's always working in the background to help you in whatever you're dealing with, in whatever you're going through. He's always ready to help your life be better and to align you with his purpose. And so he's always working. And so he knows that many people are struggling with bondage. So he has orchestrated for you to be here today. No matter how you got here, he orchestrated it because he wanted to help you to be free from bondage. Y'all got quiet because one of your bondage is pride. Big bondage, pride. Because in your mind, if I make a move and respond to what I'm hearing, other people are going to look at me. And I don't want nobody thinking that I'm less than, or I don't want nobody looking at me and think I'm some kind of weak person. Let me tell you this today. I told him this morning. The Bible says, Juan, all have sinned and come short of the glory. You go find me the holiest of holy. Preacher, pastor, you go find me the sweetest living Christian, best Samaritan. Whoever you want to go find me, go find the best Christian. They have sinned. And God wanted us to understand that. So we will never have to let pride get in the way or making us think that we're less than. Because you sin don't make you less than the person you're sitting next to. Because they have sinned too. And here is the truth. Ready for this? When you don't allow pride to keep you seated in your seat, when you can come forward to the altar and give yourself to the Lord and have him help you, truth be told, I'm a lot smarter than the person that's sitting there. This is how backwards we, that's how much bondage we get in sometimes that we have, we come up with these thoughts that tells us because the majority is probably going with it. Oh yeah, everybody let, let us just chill because you know we go up there, we look like we got problems. And the one or two or three that decide I'm going up, they're the smart ones. And everybody that's talking about I ain't going because I ain't trying to get nobody to be all in my business. Because that's how you think. You might not say it, 
but you are worried about what people might think. I told him this morning when I got saved in 1996 when I started going to church, I was the coolest of the cool. You wasn't cooler than me if you're cool today. I was cool. I never cried, Luke. I was cool. They knew. All, even the Christian people knew when I showed up. Yeah, because cool. Because I stepped cool. I came through cool. Everything was cool. And so, Juan, I'm like, I ain't Christian. I'm cool. Certain things I ain't doing. And I realized, as long as I remained cool, I was not experiencing the full power of God in my life. Because one of the coolness I was trying to prevent is I wasn't trying to cry in front of nobody. It took me a long time to be filled with the Holy Ghost because I told myself, I don't want when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I start crying. And I don't want nobody to see me crying. <laughs> That's funny. That's right. And so for a long time, I would go to church and I would do what's cool so I wouldn't have to deal with getting the Holy Ghost because I'm not getting no Holy Ghost and start crying because ain't nobody going to be looking at me because I'm cool. And as long as I kept that position, no Holy Ghost. It probably took me nine months to receive the Holy Ghost. It should never take anyone nine months to receive the Holy Ghost. But if you got some coolness in you, it might take you that time or longer. Uh Because you're cool. And so many of us are missing out on the full power of the Holy Ghost and the blessings of God because we are prideful and we're cool. And we don't want nobody to think of us any other way other than what we want them to think of us as. We need to cut that mess out. We need to cut it out and surrender our life to God and let God have his way in our life. You're cool when you give your life to God. You're cool when you surrender. You're cool when you lift your hands. I remember when I used to teach in the prison, I remember going in there to them guys and I said, listen, man, y'all think just being tough is cool. But I'm telling you right now, ain't nothing cooler than lifting your hands and worshiping God and don't care if tears run down your eyes. Ain't nothing cooler than that. I started getting across those guys, say, there's nothing wrong with crying when you're worshiping God. It's okay. That's the coolest you ever going to get is when you worship God and begin to cry. Because now you and God have a relationship. You and God are connected. You and God is working together. And that's when you're cool. Not when you're away from God, you're cool. No, you're away from God. You're heading for destruction. So we got to stop letting pride get in the way. We got to stop letting coolness rule in our life because the only way we can get delivered from bondage is by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel message of Jesus Christ and his kingdom is the only thing that will make us free. If you read Luke chapter 4, verse number 18 and 19, Jesus opened up the scriptures and he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Church, this scripture is not in the book just for us to read it. It's in there because guess what? There are people that need the gospel. There are people that needs to be healed from their broken hearted. There are people that need to be delivered from captivity. There are people that need to receive their sight 
physically and spiritually. There are people that need to be set at liberty from their bruise. And there are people that need to respond and obey the word of God. The scripture's not there just to just be there. It's there because people need for that to happen in their life. And there's some of us here today that needs for that to happen in our life. We can't come to church anymore, church. We cannot just come in the house of God just to hear a good word. It's not enough to come in the house of God just to hear a good word and go post a good word. We got to come in to experience a change in our life, to experience the power of God working in our life. It's not just for a good word. We have, we have made the church house that we go. It's our tradition to go to the church house and get a good word. And then we can speak in, 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 in intellectual, intellectually to somebody to say, well, the word of God says this. Yeah, but how about what is the word of God doing in your life? Is the power of God transforming your life? We can't just live to go to church. And say good word or yeah, preacher was a little off today. That's not what the church house is about. I was able to go to church on days that people would consider the preacher to be off, but I wouldn't know he was off because I was worshiping the Lord. I was praising God. I was giving him honor and praise. I was praying for somebody to be healed, for somebody to be delivered. I was doing something to please Jesus so I wouldn't know if he was off or not. Wouldn't know. Because there's a whole lot of reasons to go to church other than just to get some knowledge. If we're not free, church, it's because we have not sought Jesus and surrendered our life completely. We, we don't mind giving Jesus some of us, but we have a hard time giving Jesus all of us. Let me help you. The Bible says God gave himself. He didn't give some of himself. When he was in the garden praying, let this cup pass if it can, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will. He didn't, he didn't let just his arm get crucified. He, he didn't just let a leg get crucified. No, he was completely, completely crucified. He gave himself. And so it's not just, it's not right. It doesn't make good sense that we decide that we only give the Lord just some of us. What does that mean, preacher, by give the Lord some of us? It means we will go to church, but I'm not going to live holy. It means we will pray sometimes whenever we can. But you know what? I'm not going to get into, you know, just, just being a part of the ministries in the church. It means we're choosing what we want God to work with in us and choosing what God won't work with in us. And so it's unfair. Just think about it. Let me give you another example. Can you imagine that you're married? Two people are married. I know this happened in marriages, but what I'm trying to tell you is people aren't happy in their marriage when people are married and some is given all and some is given a little. Yeah, y'all get quiet. Y'all don't want me meddling there. But you got to realize when I start speaking, I'm not speaking because I'm guessing. 
I'm not speaking because, uh, you know, I'm speaking because God has directed me and God has shown me and I probably have some experience on my own. But the bottom line is what I'm trying to tell you is that's what will kill marriages where one might be given all and the other is like, eh, I'm good. I'll give just enough or I won't do just that. That's not that's not enough. And and, and, and there we're there. And so we have problems in our marriage. But can you imagine a marriage where both people uh, are doing their very best to please the other person? Uh Oh, it's quiet. Ain't nobody doing that. Ooh, ooh. Oof. We're all in bondage. So let's just start right there. One one way, shape or form, you in bondage, whether it's in a marriage and your marriage is not being its best because somebody holding back, whatever it is, we are in bondage and we need to be free from our bondage because God wants you to be free. God don't want you to be in no marriage where it's half hearted. One is doing good and one not doing good. God don't want you to be in no marriage where, you know, this one is doing what he wants. And this other one over here is trying to do what she need to do. And it's just all a mess because nobody is doing what they're supposed to do. Back in the day, people like to say marriage is 50 50. No, marriage is 100 100. But we grew up on 50-50. 50-50 what? Where did the other 50 of you go? <laughs> Marriage is 100-100. And that's the problem. Well, it's the same issue we're having living for God. We want God to give 100 and we want to give 50, but we want to go to heaven. Church, I'm here to tell you it don't work that way. No relationship is going to be great when one is given all and the other decide I'm just going to give some. We're trying to do the Lord just like we do our personal situations. And God is saying your personal situation is wrong. That's why it's important to start with God. Because when you learn what God requires, you will know how to help others or how to live with others the right way. When you are in alignment with God first. We need to be in alignment with God. We need to be delivered from bondage, and then we will be right with God, and then everything else can flow right. But as long as we're not right with God, we've got a mess on our hands. There are too many Christians who are not free when freedom has already been provided for by Jesus Christ. We are in bondage of passionate, sinful desires and behaviors. Superstition is holding us captive. Pride is controlling us. Our internal ideologies has paralyzed us, and fear has captivated us. We are in bondage, and we're not paying it any mind because we wake up every day, we put our clothes on, we do whatever we want, and we say, I'm free. Well, that's freedom according to people in the world. That's not freedom according to God. It's no coincidence when Jesus was crucified, the Bible says he was beaten 39 times. Do you know that if you go do a study, they say there are 39 major sicknesses that all other sicknesses come from or disease that all other disease 39. So when he took 39 stripes, it means he's saying for every sickness that you can ever have, I took care of that. When they put the crown of thorn on his head and he started coming down with blood in his head, he said, I even went to the cross so you don't have to have a crazy mind. You don't have to have your mind all messed up because I took the crown of thorn in my head because I was able to go to the cross for you to be mentally, emotionally, 
healed. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. He went through everything he went through so we don't have to live in bondage in any way. So don't make any excuse for your situation and say, well, God, no. God did not intend for your situation to be that way. He never intended for that. And it's not up to the other person. Because we like to move the goalposts and say, well, it can't be just me. They messing up too. The reason why we don't get problems resolved is because we're always talking about the other one need to do their part too. How about you first start with you? How about you give all your life to God? How about you surrender everything to Jesus? How about you give yourself to him and say, God, I want to be free from the bondage of these thoughts that keeps running in my mind, that keeps telling me what I need to do, and I'm just in betwixt two things because I'm not sure because of all these thoughts, because of all my experiences, because of all my hurt, because of all my pain, all of these thoughts, Lord. I'm just going through the motion every day because I can't get free. I'm going through the motions every day. That's what I'm doing. Going through the motions every day. But I'm in bondage. I'm in bondage because of my situation. I'm in bondage because of what I've experienced. I'm in bondage because of thoughts and things that I want to do that, 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 that I know I'm not supposed to do. I'm in bondage. And I can't act like I'm not in bondage because I will never get free if I act like I'm not in bondage. In Titus 3 and 3, the Bible says, for we ourselves also sometimes... If this is sometimes, it means that we, 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 we've experienced it before and we can experience it again. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. You're sometimes foolish. Disobedient. You're sometimes disobedient. Deceived. You're sometimes deceived. Serving divers lusts and pleasures. Living in malice. It's a big one. And envy, hateful, and hating one another. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be that way because God says that we were sometimes. And he can get you out of that. He can deliver you from that. He can set you free from that. But you have to want to be free. You have to want to come out of bondage. You have to want to live your best life. And your best life is in Christ. Everybody wants to talk about, I'm living my best life, lying. I see it and hear it all the time. Facebook telling you they're living their best life. But because I know God's word and because I know who he is, I realize the only time we live in our best life is in Christ. And, and guess what? And when I'm living my best life in Christ, I'm not trying to make you feel bad because I'm living my best life in Christ. If I'm living my best life in Christ, you know what I'm doing if it's really legit? trying to help you live your best life <laughs> y'all don't want to hear me today if you really live in your best life in christ you will be trying to help somebody else live their best life in christ not going around talking about please i'm living my best life y'all do whatever y'all want i'm living my best life that ain't godly nope but we like to brag about we live in our best life <laughs> y'all don't want to hear this preaching we're all entangled in bondage before we knew Christ. 
But after we have come to know him and obey his plan for salvation, we should no more be held in bondage by anything or anyone. But unfortunately, that's not always true. We come to church, some of us, and we realize we're in bondage and we need to be free, and we get saved. And the moment we surrender our life by realizing that Jesus Christ is Almighty God and we repent of our sins, we get baptized in Jesus' name, filled with his spirit, that, that, that day, the weeks to come, even months to come, we don't have a, a bother in the world. Because we so we so excited and glad, even when people try to bring up bad things, you know what we say? I'm not worried about it. Jesus will take care of it. And then I don't know what happens. We become too accustomed or comfortable in how we are as Christians, and we start to let some old things seep back in. And then before you know it, those bondages that the Lord had delivered us from, we back in them again. But hear me today. We don't have to live in bondage. Jesus has already paid the price for our freedom. He wants to make you free. Jesus wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to deliver you from every captive situation that you're in, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, sinful, shameful, financial, or spiritual. Jesus wants to deliver you from your bondage. He wants you to be free. He wants you to live your best life in him. Not according to what you think. Your best life is not what you charted out in your thoughts and mind. Your best life. I've heard um, some old-time Christians say, there is no better place to be than in the will of God. There is no better place to be than in the will of God. Some of you might get that next week or next month or next year, but listen to that. There's no better place to be than in the will of God. Even when you're going through a storm, the best place to be is in the will of God. Even when you're going through the worst of the worst, there is no better place to be than in the will of God. You remember the disciples? The disciples. He put them in a boat, sent them across town. Storm came. They was in the will of God. Because when the storm was going on, guess who came walking on the water in the night? Is that you, Lord? Because there's no better place to be than in the will of God, even when you're going through a storm. Even when things are just chaotic around you, as long as you are in the will of God, as long as you're doing what God wants you to do, don't worry about where you are. Don't worry about what's going on around you. Just be in God's will and everything will be fine. God wants to deliver us from bondage. He wants to free us from the bruises. And he wants us to receive the gift of salvation that he has provided us with. Listen to me. All we have to do for some of us, for all that we are dealing with and going through, all we need to do is repent of our sins. Surrender our life to God. Today is your day to be free from bondage and to not be restrained by anything or anyone. Today is your day to be free and live your life Christ intended for you to live.
Can I tell you this? There are people that have not lived for God, surrendered their life and said, I'm going to live for God because they believe that they have to earn their salvation. What do I mean by that? You think that there is you, you, you got to there. There are things that you need to do to, to for God to say, all right, come on in. You can't earn your salvation. Yes, we need to be obedient to God's word, but you don't have what it takes to do everything right. To say, I've done it all. I've earned it. There was a rich young ruler who thought he earned it. I don't know if you remember him. He told the Lord he's kept all the commandments from his youth. He has done this. He's done that. He's done all that. He's done all that. And like the Lord Jesus is always so good because he knows our thoughts. And he says, all right, sounds good. I tell you what, sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. The dude walked away, so you ask a hard thing, and he never followed Jesus. You can't earn your salvation. So don't make that deter you from surrendering your life to God. If you know that God is speaking to your heart today, you should not leave here without coming to me and say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so all my sins can be washed away. I want to be filled with the spirit of the Lord. I want to live holy and righteous. Listen to me. You cannot live for God successfully according to your own strength and all that you can do. Because a lot of people don't surrender to God because you know what they tell me? They said, well, I'm going to mess up. Whether you give your life today or next week, you're going to mess up. So just face the facts. And give your life to God when God is tugging on your heart to say, give, my, give your life to me. Give your life to him. He will help you when you mess up. He already made uh, provision for when you mess up. He knows you're going to mess up. None of us get saved and walk right. I've seen too many people walk away from God and not give their life to God because they are saying in their mind, I'm not going to do it because I just don't think I'm going I'm to be able to live right. Well, you can't live right. It's only the help of God that will help you live right. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will live right. So thinking that you can't do it because you're not going to live right, when will you think you ever can live right on your own? None of us can live right on our own. So no, no need to hold back. I'm finishing here. How do I get free? How do we get free here today? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the scripture says, Come to me, in in the NIV version, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The way how you will get out of bondage is by going to the Lord. Sometimes I want to quit, but the Lord keeps telling me what to say. So watch this. When the children of Israel... Brother Sam, you look like you listening, so let me talk to you. When the children of Israel was in Egypt in bondage, God was going to get them out of bondage. And how he did that was a baby was born. And the baby was supposed to be killed, but because he was designated to do the will of God, they can't touch him. Baby was preserved. Baby grew up. Great education. Learned a lot of great stuff. And now... Baby became the age that God can use him to lead people out of bondage. 
And so now it's time for Israel to get out of bondage. They've been praying for years. God, get us out of bondage. It's time for them to get out of bondage. And then God told them how they would get out of bondage. He told them they needed to put, um, they needed to kill a lamb. And then what you want to do is roast the lamb just the way it is. Put your sandals on, get your staff in your hand, and do all of that. Because I'm going to pass through Israel. I'm going to kill those those um, th- those Egyptians, that firstborn. I'm going to pass through, and I'm going to pass over all the homes with the... That's how he led them out of their bondage. Why am I telling you that story? Because you have to do something to get out of your bondage. You go to the Lord and say, God, I want to get out of my bondage. He will tell you how. He will give you instructions that you need to follow. You can't just say, God, I want to get out. And then he just, you know, wave a magic wand and you out of bondage. That's not the way it works. He just don't wave. You get out of bondage. So today, if you need to get out of bondage, guess what? You need to give your life to God. If you've never given your, your life to the Lord Jesus, you've never been born again. I'm not talking about being baptized. You to be in agreement with the salvation plan that God has for you. In order to do what God wants you to do to get out of your bondage situation, you must repent of your sin, understanding that Jesus Christ is who died for you. You must be baptized in his name for the remission of sins, and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost, and you will live a holy there's no other plan of salvation. There's a scripture that says in Ephesians 4, I think it's 11 or 10 somewhere. One Lord. One faith. What does that? So if I got baptized in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, but you telling me I need to be baptized in Jesus name, one of us is wrong because there's only one baptism, right? Hmm, interesting. Oh, you got the scripture up there. Go ahead. Go ahead, AV. So if you got baptized one way and I got baptized another way, one of us is wrong. And this is all I'm going to say to you. Find anybody in the Bible that was baptized in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Actually baptized in Father. Find If you can find it, I will give you what I have in my pocket before you leave today. I got $60 in my pocket. If you can find for me in the scriptures before you leave today, anybody, and even you that's um, um, our congregation online, if you can find it, text it. If you find where someone in the Bible got baptized and when they were submerged, the, 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 the preacher said, I baptize you in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. If you can find that, I give you $60 today. Cash. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one baptism. There's not two different ways, not three different ways. There's only one way to be baptized. And the way you were baptized, look and see if it was in the Bible. That's all I'm asking you. However you were baptized, look and see if it was in the Bible. Because if it's not in there, you need to be re-baptized. Because you want to obey the plan of God for your salvation and not... There we go again. Bondage. 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 We hold on to stuff that we can't prove. Bondage. 
We hold on to stuff that, guess what? I, I respect the person that baptized me because they are real men of God. I did not say they're not a real man of God. I am just saying that they got it wrong. That part they got wrong. They're not perfect just like I'm not perfect. That part they got wrong if they didn't baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm done. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take your, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, my, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Soul, that word again. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So all that you're struggling with, he cares that you're struggling with that. He doesn't want you to struggle. He doesn't want you to be in bondage. He doesn't want you to stay in that situation. He wants you to be free from it. So go to him with it. Go to the Lord with what you're going through. Go to the Lord with what you're struggling with. Go to the Lord with what's hurting you. Go to the Lord of what has you bound. He will help you. And I got to say this because I keep hearing this. Stop worrying about the other person. The other person is, they have to go to God for themselves. If they are in bondage, if they got an issue, they have to go to God themselves for that issue. The Lord is telling me to tell you today, your issue is you. Your issue is within yourself. You go to God for your issue and let God worry about the other person. But God, if I get straight, what about them? They need to be straight too. Can you let God worry about that, please? That's, those are the things that keep us bound because we're trying to be God and don't realize we're trying to be God. One step at a time. One thing at a time. Let God do what he's going to do and then you wait on the Lord for whatever else he's going to do. Do your part and God will do his part. Galatians, I'm done here. Galatians 5 and 13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. The Bible says you've been called unto freedom. Only use not freedom for an occasion for the flesh, but to love and serve one another. You don't even realize that when you love people and you take care of people, that's true freedom. All of us that's trying to get things and be selfish, selfishness is bondage. Selfishness is bondage. Love is freedom. <laughs> that ain't the language that y'all like to speak. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. You want to be free? Give yourself to the Lord. Surrender to him. Say, God, help me with this situation. And he will deliver you from bondage and instill his love. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And when God filled you with his spirit, he filled you with love. <laughs> Let's stand. Y'all don't want to hear no more. When God filled you with his spirit, he filled you with love. You want to be full of love? Be filled with the Spirit. Because the way we know how to love, it's not true love. But if we love with the love that God has placed in us, then we get to love people the way we need to love them. And we get, when we get delivered from bondage, we can live free. 
God says he didn't deliver us from bondage for us to go back to it. And the only way we go back to it is if we keep doing our, we want to do what we want. And when you do what you want, you go, you take yourself back in bondage. That's what you do. God says in order to stay out of bondage, you got to do what I want you to do because I'm all knowing and I know everything. So I'm not trying to control your life. I'm trying to make your life blessed and prosperous. And the way I do that is by giving you instructions. Some people think God is trying to control their life when all God is trying to do is give you the blueprint to live life and live it more abundantly. That's all he's trying to do. Make you live life more abundantly. Not control your life, but because you are me too when I was all messed up in the head and think that when I get to do what I want, that's real freedom. When when I get to do what I want and nobody can tell me what to do, that's real freedom. And God wants you to know real freedom is when you follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ because he loves you more than you love yourself. And he loves you so much that he wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be bound and entangled with sin. He doesn't want you to be entangled with things that suppress you and make you depressed and get you just, just, just to isolate yourself. He doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to be free, free in who you are, your soul, free in your conversations, free in how you talk to people. Some of us, we see somebody coming and we're so bound up in bondage that we're like, I don't want to talk to them. Let me go this way. Bondage, bondage, bondage. When you're free, you deal with everything up front. Come on, let's go. Let's go. That's the new thing that they like to say. Young people like to say, let's go. Well, I'm saying that too, but I'm saying it for a different reason. Let's go. Bring it all on because I am free and I want to stay free and I want you to be free. More importantly, God wants you to be free. If you, if you want to be free today, and you've never given your life to God, and you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, why don't you come to this altar today? I'll pray for you, and we'll schedule you to get baptized. If you want to get baptized today, I'll baptize you today. You want to get baptized next week, I'll baptize you next week. But if you want to give your life to God, you want to be free from all of the bondage and sin because you've never been baptized or you were baptized the wrong way. If you will come, we will get you ready. And for those of you that are in bondage and you want to be free, Take a deep breath, brother, brother Sharp, because I know what, it's, what it is. I tell them come, and they're not going to come because they're worried about whatever. Father, we love you. I bless your name, O oh great God, for there is none like you, Jesus. We place ourselves in your capable hands today, Lord God. And we've come today, Lord God, to express our sincere desire to be free from bondage, to be free, Lord God, from what has held us captive, Lord God. You know all the things that have held us in bondage, Lord God, whether it's hurt, whether it's, 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 it's a bad experience, Lord God, whether it's, it's thoughts that we, what we have, superstitions, whatever it is, Lord God, there are things that have held us in bondage held us captive for so long, Lord God. We show up and we look like we're free, but Lord, in our heart, in our spirit, Lord God, in our soul, we're not free. We're still, Lord God, bound. We're still, Lord God, can't do what you want us to do. We're not living a life of liberty. And oh God, I pray today that somebody will get free and then take a stand for their freedom, Lord God. I pray that somebody will take a stand.
that they will take a stand, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that somebody will be courageous enough, will be bold enough to say, Lord, I surrender to you. I've come today, Lord God, oh, Father, to humble myself before you, that you may deliver me, that you may set me free, that you may heal me, that you may make me whole, Almighty God. Oh, Lord, I want nothing to hold me captive, nothing to hold me in bondage. I want to be free to serve you. I want to be free to worship you. I want to be free to live my life in Christ that gives honor to you, that please you, that I can be a blessing to others, Lord God, because you have made me free. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you will speak to our heart to bring us to a point of change, to bring us to a point of repentance, to bring us to a point of deliverance, to bring us to a point of salvation. Oh God, have your way today. Have your way today that we will not continue in bondage, that we will not continue, oh God, in restraints, that we will not continue, Lord God, in our hurt, in our depression. Oh, God, but healing will come to us today. Deliverance will come to us today. Oh, God, faith will begin to work in our life. And the Spirit of God will overshadow us. That, Lord, we can be free. That we can be healed. That our life will never be the same again, Lord God. Oh, God, will you turn us around, Lord God? Will you make us whole? Will you heal us, oh, great God, in the name of Jesus Christ? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody talk to the Lord before you leave. Somebody surrender to the Lord Jesus before you leave. Before this service ends, somebody online, you need to surrender to the Lord. You need to be honest with the Lord. You need to confess that you are in bondage because of things that have happened in your past. Why don't you surrender to the Lord today and let Him deliver you and let Him heal you. Father, I pray that you'll bring out of bondage those that have been captive, Lord God, that you'll bring out of bondage those, Almighty God, who have been fearful. I pray, Lord God, that perfect love will cast out all fear, and that, Lord God, no longer will fear have a work in any of us, Lord God, but deliver us, O God, from evil. Deliver us from fear and doubt, that, Lord God, we can walk in our purpose, that we can walk according to the will of God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, have your way. Healing and salvation, deliverance and restoration. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we leave today, Lord God. Oh, God, under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, free from bondage and sin. Oh God, will you deliver us? Oh God, will you forgive us of our sins? We repent of our sins. We surrender to you. We humble ourselves before you. And we ask for your will to be done. Oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Oh hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's clap our hands for Jesus.
God has spoken to your heart. Clap your hands to the Lord. You didn't come out of your house and came into this house for no reason. God spoke to you. God spoke to your heart. Now you need to thank him to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You spoke to my heart. Now help me, Lord, to apply the word of God. Help me, Lord, to walk in my freedom and to stand for my freedom. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We just want to acknowledge one more guest, Mary Thompson. Mary, God bless you. We're so thankful that God sent you here today. God brought you here today. Oh, we are so glad that you were able to come. And if there's anything at all that we can do, Mary, please don't hesitate to let us know. We want to be a blessing to you and help you find your way in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Amen. And the rest of you have a wonderful rest of your day. We have beef patties on sale. Get some beef patties. It's for our building fund. Amen.